0: Log talk radio. Hey. Madden Voice, three, two, one, now. And it is me, Commissioner T, impromptu, unscheduled, election day show, the Madden Voice. Um, Normally, we do our shows Tuesday night, and um, I don't know if I announced it last week. Oh, no, you know what? I don't think we did a show last week. I don't know. But anyway, no show tonight. Um, I'm really into the politics And I'm really into the election stuff We've had different discussions on the show If you listen to the show, you know I am So, um, you know, I think everyone Should be glued to their televisions uh, Seeing, uh, you know What tonight brings And for once, I'm not going to say anything Except go vote I'm not going to go blue, I'm not going to go red Today only Uh, If you listen to the show, you know where I stand But today, it's only about If you have an opinion, get out there and vote November 6th, uh, polls close at 8 o'clock, generally speaking, Eastern time. So if you have an opinion, if you don't like the way things are going, if you do like the way things are going, uh, if you want to support or you want a referendum against, whatever it is you think, if you don't go vote, keep your mouth shut. Uh, That's the bottom line. You cannot protest. Um, Frankly, you can't even support if you didn't take a little time out of your day to go vote. It's the democratic system. It's funny, we call it the system of democracy. And then one of the races is democracy, like, you know, democratic. It's not, it's not the Republican system. I don't know. It's kind of weird when you think about it. But it is our system, whatever you want to call it. So get out there and vote. And, you know, in that line, um, I can't complain about the Cowboys if I don't come on my show, The Bad Voice, and vent. Um, and by the way, it's a lunchtime show. If you happen to have caught the stream and you want to call in, 347-838-9525. You know, we've turned into more of a podcast streaming show over the recent years. And so I almost never announced that. Yes, you can call in live um, and talk to us and ask us questions. I cannot forget because we don't get a lot of calls. Um, the show is free on iTunes. And if you're listening to it, you may already know that. Uh, we I will never charge. This is not about making money. This is about you know, no motivation here except four guys who just love the sport of football. And right now, I'm sitting here just disgusted. Um, I've watched the shows, i watched the reviews. Uh, you know, I I was at the National Association of Realtors conference this weekend in Boston. If any of you out there are in the mortgage real estate mortgage field, uh, you should have went. It was an incredible, incredible uh, weekend. Uh, I worked. You know, it's just my line of work. We'll get into details right now, maybe another time, but. Anyway, I drove back from Boston to Connecticut and uh, stopped and got me a nice big lobster. Um, I was eating my lobster. I was exhausted. I had a headache. And, but I, I powered, tried to power through this game, and I ended up – I, I just—I had nothing left after working all weekend. I fell asleep, woke up, saw the score, rewound, saw what I missed, and kind of wish I had just slept through the night and not, not woke up. Um, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted on so many – on so many reasons. Um, you know, I'm disgusted that people watched Skip Bayless who is up and down in and out. Um, and, you know, he's the number one Dallas Cowboy fan when things are going well and then he's ready to give up on him and throw in the towel when things are going bad. And he's got an Instagram of him taking his Dak jersey and, and hat and throwing it in the garbage. Um, hey, I get the frustration, man. I maybe I haven't been a Cowboys fan as long as Skipper. Maybe I have. I don't know. He's a little bit older than me, but I've been a Cowboys fan for a long time. I've ridden the wave. But you know, what, what do, you, what do you, <laughs> you? You think you're the only one that's frustrated, bro? You know, and you're you're the one with all these Twitter fans and Instagram fans and Facebook Live following and on you know national TV and. And, you know, that is the message that you're sending when the Cowboys are three and five, two games out of first place in the division, two games behind a team that just got mollywopped by Atlanta, one game behind a Super Bowl champion. So, you know, on paper, two games out when you have to play the Redskins one more time on Thanksgiving. So you can get one of those back, um, you know, right away if you just win that game. And then you play Philly twice got philly next monday or sunday night so let's just let's before i go in let's just be clear it ain't over you know it ain't over on paper it is not over three and five in the nfc east is far from over i don't want to hear about there's a nine percent chance you make it in the plus That's irrelevant because when we go out to play these games history is not on the field with us so all that statistical mumbo jumbo is irrelevant. You know, when you start off a season 0-2, there's a what? I don't know what the percentages are. I mean, I think that's 9% too, right, chance that you make the playoffs. Remember the $93 Cowboys? Emmitt Smith held out for two games, and they were 0-2, and and then he came back, got his contract, came back, and they went and won the Super Bowl. You know? So, you know, I mean, mean, all of this historical mumbo-jumbo, it's garbage. It's garbage. It means nothing. If you've participated in anything in life and you're in the middle of it, you don't think, um, you know, well, historically speaking, I don't really have a lot of chances to do this. When you go buy Powerball, tell me you're not dreaming. Tell tell me you're not dreaming. Tell me you're not out there thinking about, well, somebody's got to win. Because that's what we tell ourselves, right? The odds are one in like 300 million, but eventually someone is going to win right? So, why not play? Realistically, you do have just as good a chance as anybody else who buys a ticket. So, even though it's one in 300 million, and statistically, you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning, you have better chance of getting hit by a, 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 a meteorite, we're still going to play, because someone is going to win, right? Think about it. Powerball fever, Mega Millions fever. It's not like it ends and they say, okay, it's over. We tried. We're not giving away the money. It's going, it's going, you know, back into the system and we're going to reset the pulse. No, the, the, the jackpot keeps climbing until eventually somebody wins. So statistics mean nothing. This isn't investing, you know, past, Past uh, uh, you know uh, well you know over the last ten years this stock has done four percent right so you know you say well chances are it's still going to do four percent well your investor is going to say can't guarantee that can't guarantee that but guess what they're going to tell you aren't they they're going to say you know this stock does four to five percent annually oh so am I going to get four to five percent can't guarantee it I can only tell you what it's done so it doesn't matter that only nine percent of teams that start off three and five get into the playoffs. It's irrelevant. What matters is what is this team gonna do? What is this team gonna do after getting beat at home where you were thino you know, this year? After getting beat coming off a of bye week where um, I don't even know how long it's been since you've lost off a of bye week. I, I, I have a lot of different things going on statistically in my mind, but um, I don't think this team has been blown out off a of bye week in over a decade. Okay, so. You know, you picked up Amari Cooper. Clearly, he had enough command of the offense where he got ample playing time. What are you going to do? Because this is unacceptable. You know, I I was uh, at the conference, but I did get a chance to watch a good amount of the Saints-Rams game, and I did get a chance to watch most of the Patriots and the uh, um, Packers, you know, and I got to watch four great quarterbacks. Off isn't great yet, but he's on his way. He's pretty damn good. Um, but the other three, you know, three of our four horsemen, right? Breeze, Rogers, and Brady. I got an argument with a guy who I said, Breeze is underappreciated. He said, not in the South. Hey, moron, I know he's not underappreciated in his own state. I get that. You know, sometimes people shouldn't just talk. Sometimes people just shut their mouths. I said Breeze was underappreciated. I don't mean in New Orleans or in Mississippi or Alabama, Georgia, his surrounding states where probably most of their games are televised, probably down there, you get the Falcons, you get the Saints, and a couple of, you know, maybe, you know, Jags and Dolphins, you know, local teams. Like up here, you get the Jets, the Giants, and the, and the Patriots are on it almost every week. I'm talking nationally. I'm talking, are you watching, you know, Fox Sports, ESPN, NFL Network, all they talk about is Rodgers and Brady. Breeze gets some love, but not like those two guys do. And he said, well, Brady, you know, uh, uh, Rodgers won a Super Bowl. And so did Breeze. He's underappreciated. They even did a Michael Jordan spoof on, it sounded like he was talking about him and LeBron. Oh, you know, uh, two great, two, two all-time greats. They even share the same number, going head up, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was really Brady and Rodgers because they really pumped up this game because Rogers is considered an all-time great already. And I don't know, he's, he's great. He's a great player, but I think we need to give him a little more time before we, before we keep labeling him an all-time great. The point of me making uh, bringing all this up, the point of it is I got to watch a lot of good quarterback play. And then I watched Dak Prescott. I like Dak. Um, you know, he is, he is the leader, um, at least in actions off the field verbally that you want. He doesn't hide. He doesn't run. He takes it on the chin. He doesn't make excuses. You know, on that level, he was raised correctly, Bright young man, 25 years old, could be my son. If I had, that, if I had you know, Dak Prescott as a son, I'd be very proud. Not because he, Not because he made it to the NFL. No. Because he seems like a very fine young man. But. Let's talk about on the field. Dude, you made your name as a rookie by protecting the football. I would imagine that Tony Romo was in your ear, and Tony Romo, having learned that lesson the hard way, was whispering to you, it's okay to take that sack. It's okay to throw the ball away. No matter what the score is, you're not going to jump up on a team by three touchdowns on one play, and you're not going to come back by three touchdowns on one play. This is a process. This is a game of yards, game of inches, game of feet. You know, you you have to take care of that football every play. Dak had 22 touchdowns, I believe, four interceptions. I don't believe any fumbles first year. In the last last year and a half, he's got 10 games with double-digit turnovers. And he's in the same category with Deshaun Kaiser, who's sitting on somebody's bench. Uh, Jameis Winston and there's one other quarterback who's not very good, and Dak Prescott. What happened? You know, I think the Tony Romo influence was a lot greater than we all knew. And I hate to be the guy that said, I told you so, and I don't want to be the Monday morning quarterback, but, you know, I was the last holdout here. Everyone in the world was kicking Tony Romo to the booth, to CBS. Everybody, except Commissioner T, said Romo, is the man to take this tea And I still say, if you know, Seattle screwed Romo up at the beginning of his career and Seattle ended his career. Because if Tony Romo had hurt his back, no, we don't know what would have happened, but if he stayed injury free, he had already had the plate put in his collarbone. So the likelihood of another collarbone bone break was, was slim. We don't know about the back. It happened. Could it have happened. Sure. But let's, Let's project what would have, what could have happened. That team was built for Tony Romo, you know, and I think that team. Do they win the Super Bowl? I don't know, but I think that team makes the Super Bowl. I think Tony Romo beats um, the names are all uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. goes to play and i I have to go back and look and see who went to the super bowl for the nfc uh two years ago 2016 but i think dallas goes to the super bowl could possibly have won i think that was tony's best chance he had another good chance when he had to 2007 he was a little younger he wasn't where he is today as far as understanding how to protect the football how to run out of bounds how to slide you know if you remember that played it pretty much cost him his career in the preseason he was sliding he just got hit from behind, but he was sliding. He learned to protect the ball, maybe give up a play, maybe, maybe take the sack, maybe, you know, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go three and out, but you know what, we're going to punt and try to play for field position. He learned not to do too much, not to try too much. And I think he was whispering in Dak's ear. And I think he was coaching on the sideline because Tony's an ultra competitor. And Tony's sitting up there saying, you know, I don't know what the future's going to bring. Da- you know, right now it's Dak's team. Right now, Dak's playing. When I get cleared, I don't know if I'm coming back. If I'm not, you know, he made his little meritocracy speech. But every quarterback, every player in the NFL is one play away from being done. So Tony, you know, he's going to help because he wants the team to keep winning. And if he comes back in and plays, he wants you know, be able to have something to play for. And Tony's gone now. Now, last year, you know, Zeke suspended six games. Kyron Smith was out a few games. Sean Lee was hurt, um, you know, out six games. I'll get to Sean Lee in a minute. And they still managed to do nine and seven and a couple of ball bouncing a different way, who knows, maybe to make the playoffs. But you're left feeling encouraged with a 9-7 and winning record. And I told everyone, oh, the last game didn't count. You know what? Looking back on it, no one's thinking about the fact that that last game was a mail-in-in for the Eagles, and, and the Dallas Cowboys slipped by and got 9-7. and All we know is they finished 9-7. and There's a reason they call me the omniscient one, because more times than not, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay? I know what I'm talking about. And... You know, he has two winning seasons. We come into this season, Jason Witten retires. They cut Dez Bryant. You know why? Because Dak says, I don't know this for a fact, my opinion, I don't need Dez. Dez is more trouble than he's worth. If you want this to truly be my team, let Dez go. I'll win you some games. We'll make this happen. Dez Dez wasn't much of a factor for us last year. Wasn't much of a factor for us. Dez... If you look at it, it hasn't been dead since 2014. 2015 was nothing but injury, injuries. 2016 and 2017 were mediocre seasons for Des Bryant. He's got a great connection with uh, Terrence Williams. He's thinking Jason Witten's still going to play. Cole Beasley. He's like, you know what? They even went and brought Bryce Butler back in. See if that would help. Didn't really play him, but made that effort. Drafted some guys. Went out and got Alan Hearns. How'd that work out for you? (laughs) Three and four in the first seven weeks. Passing game, abysmal. Other than Cole Beasley doing a little something, something. something. Michael Gallup showing flashes that he's going to be a player in this league. Hearns, nothing. Terrence Williams, injured. Tight end position, mediocre at best. Mediocre at best. So they say, okay, we've got some issues here. Here's what we're going to go do. We're going to go and we're going to sign Amari Cooper. And we're going to trade up first. Because when we look at what's coming out in the draft, we don't see anyone at the receiver position with our first pick that's going to be better than Amari Cooper. So let's go and get a first. Remember, he was 2000 and uh, I want to say 15. He's, he's in his fifth year, so in 2014, he's 24 years old. He was the fourth pick in the draft. Same as Ezekiel Elliott, fourth pick in the draft. So let's go get a sure number one pick. And he's had a couple of off years, but that's okay. He's he's not injured. He's healthy. We've had superstar receivers here that have flourished. Dez Bryant, Terrell Owens. You know, we've had superstar receivers here in this system that have flourished. Oh, let's bring him in and make him something. So you go out and get Amari Cooper. You you fire whatever the hell his name is. That was a Cincinnati um, offensive line coach for 20-something years, and you bring him in. That was a disaster. And you say, okay, let's go back to what we used to do. Well, can somebody tell me why you felt the need to get away from what you used to do? You know, I, 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 that's what I don't get because what you did was working. So you got away from it. You brought in this experienced coach. He changed everything, and then you said, uh-oh, so now he's gone, and Mark Colombo, who should be the offensive line coach, is the offensive line coach with Hudson Hawk, the, the legend, kind of, you know, his consultant, his, his guidance, since, you know, this is, this is Colombo's first, uh, you know, big position. And you go out and you stink it up. Now, one could say, hang tight. Mario Cooper's learning the offense. Now that he's got a game under his belt, he's going to be better. Uh, Colombo, you, know, he, he, you, know, you know, you can't erase what was done in three months in just one week because there was a bye week. So there is a positive light here. But I'm going to tell you something. Next Sunday night, you're going to Philly. And Philly hasn't gotten it together yet. And this could be their game for them to put it all together and embarrass you. So what are you going to do, Dallas? Jerry comes out and gives Dak a vote of confidence. I don't know why you do that. I don't know what Dak has done this year to deserve a vote of confidence. Sorry. Kind of mum on Garrett. Sounds like, you know, Garrett's safe, at least for this year. Um, I'm not good with that either. You know, and can, can I just say, Jason Garrett, you sound like a damn robot. You know, I defend you. They call you the clapper, blah, blah, blah. I don't even listen to your news conferences anymore because they're all the same. I can do a Jason Garrett news conference. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, you know, uh, we did some good things out there, uh, you know, in all phases of the game. But uh, clearly it wasn't enough. You know, I like the fight in our guys. I like the fact that we didn't give up. But, um, you know, we've got to go back, look at this film, clean things up a bit, and uh, get ready for Philadelphia. That's his news conference. That's Jason Garrett. I'm going to play something for you guys. Okay, I've played it before on the show. And uh, let me see if I can find it quickly. But I'm going to play it for you because this is this is what I want to hear. I just told the guys I appreciate the spirit and energy in which they fought. Um, please don't talk to me about moral victories and things of that nature. Uh, that would be disrespectful to those guys in the room. Uh, we We didn't get the job done. We came up short. Uh, we accept responsibility for that. Um, you know, we will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December because we have to. We won't go in the shell. We're going to go in attack mode because uh, that's what's required. But uh, came up short tonight. Uh, tough environment versus a good football team. I like to compliment those guys. Um, they okay, that's enough. Did, did did you did you feel? That's Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a couple years old. Um, Did you feel the seething anger underneath the the surface of his statement? You know, did you feel that intensity and that passion underneath the surface? You know, it's kind of like you get in trouble in school and your parents are talking to you and they want to rip your head off, but they know that's not going to solve it. And they sit there and they're like, you know, you need to get yourself together. You need to stop acting up in school. And they're seething, but they're trying to talk to you, right? If you're a parent, you probably, you know, I'm much, older, so I'm a parent now, but you probably had to do that, right? Could you you feel that intensity? I don't get that with Jason Garrett. I, I hear that's the way he is behind the scenes. I hear this from the insiders that know, I hear the whole clapping thing. It's just motivation and encouragement. That's not how he is in practice, that he does get in people's ass. I've heard this. Hmm, pardon me. But, you know, just for one news conference, for us, because quiet as it's kept, we are the ones paying your salary. Jerry Jones signs a check, but we're the ones buying tickets to the games, buying Cowboys merchandise, Supporting the ads that uh, pay the NFL on, on television, and we're the ones that buy the products for those ads. So, you know, it, it, technically, we're the ones that make sure that there's enough revenue that you get paid your $5 million a year, $6 million a year, whatever you're getting. I don't even know what he's getting paid, and I don't care. For once, can he come out like this? Hey, everybody. um I just want to say I'm completely disgusted with our performance tonight. We have no excuses. We played like garbage, pure garbage. Starts with me as a head coach. I got to do a better job. But those players need to execute. The decisions that I saw today, this is not indicative of Dallas Cowboy football. And we need to get this together quickly or heads will roll. I don't care who's under what contract. I don't care who has what guaranteed money. We're here to play some damn football and some of the stuff I've I've seen out there, it's garbage. We go over these things in practice time and time again, day after day, week after week, and then we get on the field, and we do that. We had a bye week. We practiced. We talked about certain scenarios, and then we get out, and we're in those scenarios, and and that's what you give us? We're not tolerating this performance here in Dallas. Jerry Jones isn't going to tolerate it. Stephen Jones isn't going to tolerate it. And and me, Terrence Floyd, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not tolerating it. I'm serving notice now that we will get this cleaned up or there will be roster changes. And whatever I can do within my power, I will do. Or I don't deserve to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if y'all excuse me, I'm not even going to take any questions today. I need to go and fix this mess. I need to go fix it now. I'll talk to you after we play Philly because we're going to go bring hell to Philadelphia. We may or may not win, but the one thing you will see us do is fight our asses off next Sunday night. I'll see you in Philly. That'd be it for me. I'm, I'm gone. And I, there would I be no smiles. There'll be no none. Nah. Oh, and, and let me just digress a bit. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even care what his name is. He's in my stadium and wants to do the T.O. on my star. At the time, you know they were losing on 7-0. Dallas had an opportunity, and I'll get to that in a minute, too. But you're still losing. It's 7-0. And you run off to the star to celebrate a, a, an interception. And the only one, I, you know, there were people lagging behind, but the only one that beelined out there to do something was Byron Jones. You come. Thank you, Byron, for having a little pride to say not in my house. He ran out there, and seven, eight guys out there, and he ran out pushed them all off to start by, by his lonesome. Thank you, Byron, for having some heart. I don't was everybody else. How were they lagging behind? You do know that the game changed right there, right? You do know that it changed. Save a last-second touchdown at the end of the second quarter that made it respectable, made him go into the half 14-14, but then the second half, it was over, 20, 28-14. But Really? That's the pride you have? Do you remember when T.O. did it? He did it the first time, caught everybody off guard. Did it the second time, George Steelman knocked his head off. And then Emmitt Smith, after he scored, ran out there and put the ball on the star to say, this is my house. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If I'm the coach at halftime, I'm cussing them out. I, here, I don't even care about a penalty at that point. Get a penalty. I, demand, I, I insist you go get penalized. You protect that star. Can you imagine if Michael Irvin was on that field and that happened? Can you imagine if Darren Woodson, Charles Haley, primetime Deion Sanders? Hell, PO as a cowboy wouldn't stand for that. Can you imagine some of these? Let's go back. Let's go back to Paul Jones, Harvey Martin, Randy White, DeMarcus Ware. Do I need to go? No, none of these legends would have stood for that. So, are you telling me there's no legends, up and coming legends on this team? I, I, you don't. You don't accept that in your house. And as soon as he started running towards that star, someone should have known what he was doing, and should have met him there, and hit and, and hit him with everything you had. And if you get fined, if you get penalized, and you know what? If I'm Jerry Jones, I'll pay your suspension. I'll pay your fine. I mean, he wouldn't get suspended, but you might get get a fine. I'll pay your fine. And I'll match it and donate it to some charitable organization. And I'm coming on TV, and I'm saying, and I'm serving notice to every other, all the 31 teams, if you come to my house and you do that, gonna happen again. Don't disrespect we don't go to your house and disrespect you. We don't go to your house and disrespect your emblem or whatever it is that represents your team. Don't come to Dallas and disrespect the star. Because if you do, I'm letting I'm serving notice right now that we will knock your head off. And if Roger Goodell wants to find me for this, you know what it is, Roger? Whatever, I'm a billionaire. Whatever you want to find me, just go ahead and double it. Or maybe you'll come, maybe you'll support me and tell them, don't do it. Because that's not, in the, that's not in, the, in the bounds of the game. And I don't care what Shannon Sharp said. Well, if you don't want them to do it, keep them out of the end Enzo. Okay, Shannon. Yeah, hater. This isn't about normal celebration. If it's a normal celebration, fine. You can do your whatever. You're posing and, you know, I didn't even care about the – I actually thought the cell phone thing that Michael Thomas did was, was funny because of Joe Horn. You know, you want to – hey, all of that is in bounds. Heck, if you want to grab popcorn like T.O. did in Dallas and do that, all of that is fine. But, when you, but, but you're disrespecting our emblem, man. Our, that's our heart, the star. No, that ain't happening. Not a mile. I don't care what the score is. I don't care if it's 49 nothing and we're getting mollywhopped. I will take the whooping. I will, I will stand in front of the cameras and say what I need to say because we got whooped. No excuses. They were the better team. We think. They don't. But you still ain't coming into my house to disrespect my star. It's not happening. Let's talk about Dak a minute again. You know, that first turnover, that pass, was indicative of the problem that he's had over the last – definitely this year, if not the last year and a half. Um, I don't know why. I, you know, I've never played quarterback, but at that level – you know, he should – I mean, it was just – if you watched the play, pressure was coming in, and maybe he couldn't see that Amari Cooper was double-covered, but he certainly can see that there's someone in front of him. So why not just – why risk it? Throw it away. Your vision is obscured. You're under pressure. You can't make a proper read. Throw it away. The one where they stripped him. That, every from all accounts, you're two, two 240 pounds. You, you know – Do you need to hit the weight room? Because this ain't the first time I've seen the ball ripped away from you. What's going on? You know, we saw saw it against the Redskins. You know, we've seen this a few times this year. What's going on that you're not protecting that ball? Heck, you know, if if someone has their hands on you, just go down then. You're not T.O., that's gonna, you know, clearly not strong enough. Like not T.O. I see T.O. as well about Dez Bryant, who when he, when someone would tackle him, he would fight through and break a lot of tackles. One of the things that Dez was really good at, running after the catch, and you know it took a, it took a village to take him down. He was very good at that. So with T.O., but I, I was really speaking more of Dez. Well, that's not you, at least to this point. You got to protect that ball because those two plays lost the game. You know, combine that with a momentum swing, I'm sorry, but I, I, I do agree with uh, whoever I saw on TV. this morning said, what's his name? The safety went back and said, only one guy came over there and contested me. Those guys are soft. Because that's how you look, Dallas. You look soft. I don't have a problem with Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's running hard. I think he's doing the best he can under the circumstances. I really do. Um, Connor Williams has been fairly useless as a first round. Uh, I'm sorry. First round? First second round. I think Van Der Esch was the first round pick at linebacker. Well, I know they were one, for round one and two. I think Van Der Esch was, I don't remember. I'll be honest. I think Van Der Esch was first round and Conor Williams was the second round. Van Der Esch has played very well. Um, so that's a good pick. Uh, Conor Williams to this moment, when you look at him, he doesn't even look like a guard. He looks like, like maybe a linebacker. He's undersized. Um, so I don't get it. And so far, he's not showing me much. He's getting mauled. He's getting dominated. He's, you know, I don't know what his weight is, but if he's 250, um, I'd, I'd be surprised. Maybe 250, 260. He's going up against guys 320. And you're a rookie. You're going up against veterans, defensive tackles. Like, it's not working. You know, it, it, it's, it's just not working. And, you know, we all love Sean Lee. Sean Lee, to me, um, between him and Luke Keeley are uh, probably the best middle linebackers in football today when healthy. Their games are very similar. They're both good hitters. They both can play both you know side to side. Um, people say a lot of people say Keekley is better. I don't really think he is. I think they're they're cut from the same cloth. I think it's very close. And I actually think Sean Lee is a little bit better. The problem is Sean Lee gets hurt a lot. Keekley doesn't. he has been injured but not like Sean Lee. We saw Sean Lee pull up again and it's the hamstring and listen it's over, okay? You know, we have eight games to go. Um, I think, you know, you put him on IR, um, and, you know, done for the year. I think his career should be over. I think you open the door for him to become linebacker's coach next year. Um, you know, I, I ran track in high school. I had hamstring injuries. Um, you know, 30 years later, my hamstring, if I, I overexert myself, I can still feel a twinge. 30 years later. Now, I'm not a world-class, world-class athlete, but hamstring, once you get a hamstring injury, it's always susceptible to being re-injured. That's just the way hamstrings are. And with all the money and all the technology and all the equipment and all the doctors and physical therapists and trainers that the Cowboys have access to, the best in the world, and he's hurt again this year. He was hurt last year. And I think the year before he might have played 15 games. He hasn't played 16 games, and I can't even tell you how long. It's over. I think, it, I think it, it, we need to come to terms that it's over. And uh, Van Dresch has played well enough where, you know, it's his job now. You got Jalen Smith. You got uh, Damian Wilson. Um, maybe you go out, get another linebacker out there, waiver Wire, or, um, you know, someone out there that, you know, the free agent or practice squad. Um, but I think it's time that – I mean, Jalen Smith has been playing out of his mind, Thank God. And Van Nish has played well. It was a good pick. That was a good decision. But, Sean Lee, it's over. You know, I hate to say that. I, I, I do because it's another – you know, it's just <laughs> – um, yeah, you know, you watch Jerry Maguire and the guy says it's not show friends, it's show business. Like, sometimes you just – you know, when Emmett Smith was released from Dallas, it is what it is. You know, Troy Aikman, it is what it is you know, Terrell Owens, Des Bryant, you know, sometimes it is what it is. And, you know, Tony Romo is probably the best example there is out there. You know, what was Tony going to do? And they made a decision to go on to move with Dak, which clearly was not the right decision. It just wasn't. But with the information they had, that's the decision they made. So, therefore, um, Tony says, you know what, he had an opportunity to go to CBS. He plays Phil Simms, which probably felt good because Simms was a giant. And it's working out great for him. You know, can go home to his wife every night. I mean, not every night, but, you know, go home to his family. He doesn't have to get hit anymore. Not all the people that said Tony was all done, now they want him back. No, it's over. It's over. Tony's all done. He's playing golf. He's doing his thing. It's over. You, you ran him out of town, it's over. Sean Lee, it's over. Um, we, need, we need Van Der Esch to continue to develop. We, we could use you on the sidelines, but it's over. I hear Troy Aikman is calling for a complete overhaul. Maybe he's right. I don't know. I know this. Um, Jason Garrett, in my mind, is already gone. He's already fired. Now, if he can turn this around, he goes seven and one, six and two down the stretch, and the team ends up nine and seven, ten and six, and wins the division or somehow or other gets into the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe maybe he extends his his future. Uh, you, you can't just get into the playoffs though. Um, you know, he's he's they've got to make some noise in the playoffs. So if he can get some momentum going as the coach, turn things around, and it starts Sunday night. It starts Sunday night in Philly, which, you know what? It's kind of the best. Last night was the best of all situations for Dallas to make a statement, and they failed miserably. You had a bye week. You signed a number one receiver. You're as healthy as you've been all year. Um, I did not see – Randy Gregory or David Irving, so I don't know what their story is. Maybe they did play. Maybe they just – team didn't
1: play <laughs> –
0: their team played so crappy they were there, and I just didn't even. They didn't make an impact. Um, but for the most part, you're as healthy as you've been coming off the bye week. And last night was a chance to go to 4-4, four four, tie with Philly, and one game behind Redskins, and really say we're here to play for this division. And you failed miserably. Well, you got another chance. Because so next Sunday is it. Last night was not it, ladies and gentlemen. Last night was a chance to make a statement, and the statement was made against you. You know, the team talks about fight and finish and all of this. Well, now you have everything against you. You're going to hostile territory, Sunday night football. Who knows what the weather's going to be like in Philly next Sunday night, although, you know, I live in Connecticut. It's not all that far, um, and the weather hasn't been too bad. But by then, it could be pretty cold. I don't think we'll have snow just yet, but it could be cold. We'll see. Dallas plays indoors in Texas, so you know. But um, so it's national TV again. Your division rivals, Super Bowl champions, y'all hate each other in Philly. You know this is it. This is your season. At this point, I'm not ready to throw in the towel, but I'm getting close. You lose this game, I don't want. You heard my comment. I don't want more victories. I don't want it to be 31-28 and you lost by an overtime field goal, but you played well and you battled back and forth, and it came down to whoever had the ball last. Now nah, I don't want that game. I've lived enough of those. I lived 8-8, 8-8, 8-8, and I've lived all that. We've had two, or two overtime games this year already. No, no. This is your chance to make a statement. This is your chance to say, you know what? If, if, if I don't believe in Jason Garrett at all, but he's the one who said, Um, I saw a lot of good things. If you truly are putting it together and this game exposes what needs to be done, then this is your chance. This is it. I never won, right? You don't get too high after a victory. You don't get too low after a loss. I never won to anoint a team over the top or to say that the team is finished, okay? Especially my own team. But at three and six, I would say, and, and, you know, losing the way you're losing and not showing enough fight, I would say if you lose next Sunday night, it's over. So Dallas, what are you going to do? Can you go in and muster up enough moxie to win? Now, I'm going to give you the keys to victory. I'm going to give you the keys to victory right here. Um, first and foremost, someone needs to sit Dak Prescott down and remind him, uh, show him some video of 2016 Dak Prescott that protected the ball. Because First and foremost, quarterback's job is to protect the football. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk away, and know when to run. Right? The Gambler? Kenny, what was his last name? The Gambler. Not Kenny Loggins. Kenny. Oh, my God. Oh Lord, I'm going to ask Alexa. Alexa, who sang the song The Gambler? Gambler is my son's son. Alexa, who sang the country song, The Gambler? Forever Country on Wikipedia. The song, which was recorded to honor the 50th Annual Country Music Association Award. in a memory of John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Roads, Willie Nelson's On the Road Again, and Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. Did that answer your question? No. Thanks for your feedback. Well so much for Alexa helping me out, so I guess I'll Google it. Kenny Rogers. There we go. Kenny Rogers. So, Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk away, know when to run. Um, Dak, you got to know when to take the hit. Go down. Protect the football. Not throw the bad pass. Not let the ball get stripped. I know he's not doing it on purpose, but when someone gets their hands on you, put two hands over that ball or just go down. Someone needs to have a talk. Show him some film and remind him to protect the football, first and foremost. Second of all, someone needs to talk to Connor Williams, our left guard. I don't know if it's Colombo that needs to work with him, Hudson Hawk that needs to work with him, Um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Zach Martin, the right guard, work with him. I don't know who it is, but he needs help. Someone needs to get him straight because he's getting beat consistently. Or if you can't give him help, then accept the fact that he's the best you got and you got to make it work and run plays away from him, you know, run screens away from him, run, you know, uh, uh, you know, power, right. Instead of power left, you know, figure out how to, you know, if we avoid his area for a while, then the defense may shift to the area that we're concentrating on. And then maybe we got a chance to break a play his way again. I don't know. Um, But most importantly, we need that intensity and we need that defense who has played overall well this year. Well, we need you guys to really step it up, this game coming up right here. We need all hands on deck. Sean Lee ain't going to be there. You you can scrap that. It's done. Um, Randy Gregory, we need him. David Irvin can be a beast. We need him. You know, D-Law's been doing his thing. No issue there. Jalen's been doing his thing. No issue there. We need a secondary to step up. We need the defense to step up. We need to establish Zeke. Six touches in the second half ain't going to do it. Zeke needs to get fed early and often. Now, I'm not saying be predictable, okay, but run the damn ball. And what, you know, the play action against Jacksonville worked pretty well. I'm sorry, run, run pass option, RPO, against Jacksonville worked pretty well. I think he did it twice yesterday, last night. You want to win? Control the clock. Control the line of scrimmage. Control the football. We know what it takes. Can you do it? Because Wentz is going to get in there and he's going, to, he's going to move the ball. So let's keep the ball away from him and let's do something. I normally say defer, but I honestly feel like if you win the toss, get, take the ball, go down there and get a touchdown and send a message. This team is not built to come from behind. This team needs to get a lead and then run Zeke. So if we know that, Don't defer. And, again, I'm usually a big fan of deferring and getting the ball first in the second half. The idea is you score last in the first half, you score first in the second half. Dallas has not been known to do that very well. So for this game, will you want to make a statement? Will you want to take the, you know, kind of go out there and punch punch, uh, Philly in the mouth? Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. If you can, get that ball first come up with something you know Scott Linehan is a good offensive coordinator he really is I know sometimes Dallas seems predictable I blame execution more than play calling I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I think Rod Marinelli is a good defensive coordinator I think Chris Bouchard is an excellent secondaries coach and the heir apparent to who knows Marinelli maybe the heir apparent to Jason Garrett. I think this guy has a bright future. I'd have no problem with them making him head coach next year. Let Rod Marinelli and Sean Lanahan go off, go out and get new coordinators next year. But that's next year. But I hope to see him as head coach. I like his intensity. Clearly, he's got a great track record in Seattle, the Legion of Boom and what he's done. He's done wonders with our secondary. I mean, Byron Jones is looking like freaking Richard Sherman out there for the most part. It's amazing. But right now, what we need is defensive intensity. We need to get out there, and we need to get the ball, and we need to score points early and make Philly press. You know, this game would have been a completely different game if we had, you know, think about the missed field goal. That's 3 nothing. Chip shot, first miss of the year. It happens. You can't really – the guy's been pretty good. Okay, you can't really, but but work with me for a minute. He makes that field goal. It's three nothing. We score. It's ten nothing. Um, I don't know. Uh, Dak doesn't turn the ball over, and either we get a field goal or a touchdown. Let's just be conservative and say we get another field goal. It's thirteen nothing. Dallas. Thirteen nothing. Do you think the game's a little bit different? Do you think Mariota, who's been known to make mistakes and rush, and do you think he starts to panic a little bit? Do you think you send a message and you're at home and the crowd is the crowd has been much better over recent games than they were a couple years ago? Do you think we start, you know, now we're up by two scores, start to run Zeke a little bit more? Tennessee gets a little stressed. They're three and four. They need to win. I mean, they're in worse shape than we are in their division with with a loss, but they got to win, so they're – you know, they're in a little bit better shape because they won, but they needed to swing just as badly as Dallas did. But it didn't work out that way because we did miss the field goal. Uh, field goal. And we did turn over the ball. And next thing you know, it's 7-0. Next thing you know, it's 14-7. Now, we did get four, 14-14, but then the second half, I don't even know what happened. So, I don't know. I, I – I uh. I feel for cowboy fans, true football fans, not the bandwagon. I don't, I don't, I'm not bandwagon guys. You should know that by now. Uh, if you're a diehard, true fan who's sitting up there being uh, introspective this morning, I'm with you. If you're being reactionary and this team sucks and all of that, I don't, you know, yes, the team, the team's not very good, you know. But if you don't even know who Chris Bouchard is, you shouldn't even be listening to my show. Please just hang up and. Go, you know, I don't know. Go, go play on your phone or something. Go play Fortnite. Leave me alone. You know, if you don't know who Van Der Esch is, don't don't talk to me. If I say Van Der Esch and you say Gazunai, I don't want don't don't talk to me. You know, if you're a fan of any team, you need to know about your team so you can speak intelligently about them. And I had a number of conversations this weekend with people that didn't know football, and I can't. I don't have the patience. I don't want to talk to you. I get it. Few you know it like I do. I understand that. But don't come off like you know what you're talking about, and then you don't even watch the freaking games. You, you, you don't even, you know, you, I can't tell you how many Cowboy fans that, I, uh, that I've uh, encountered, and then we'll talk about the game, and so I didn't see the game. Well, game, our game's on TV almost every week. There's no excuse for you not to watch the game, and then you walk around with your Cowboy gear like you're a super fan because you have the hat on and a tattoo. Oh, one guy I knew he had a Cowboy tattoo. Could, could, couldn't tell you who the defensive coordinator was, but he had a Cowboy tattoo. Couldn't tell you who the starting, you know, uh, right tackle is, but he had a tattoo. Didn't know David Irving from Michael Irvin, but he had a tattoo. He's a Cowboys fan. Got my tattoo. Wear my hat. Go Cowboys. Because then when they're winning, yeah, that's my team. That's my team. And when they're losing, oh, they suck. Fire Jason Garrett, the clapper, because you heard it somewhere, because someone told you that he was the clapper. Jerry Jones, you know, he's too, he meddles too much yeah, because you watch ESPN, because everyone, that's all they talk about, is the guy who actually led the team to three Super Bowls as owner and general manager, but now all of a sudden doesn't know what he's doing. Hey, I, hey don't get me wrong. I think Jerry sometimes is a little too visible. I do. You know, he's probably the only NFL head coach that does an interview, several interviews, <laughs> um, you know, but, but when you look at the fact that the team has won two playoff games in 23 years and the most valuable sports franchise in the world, it's like, eh, he's doing something right. If you look at the fact that talent is rarely an issue in Dallas, rarely do people say Dallas doesn't have enough talent. And guess what? When they said that they didn't have a wide receiver this year, he went on and got a wide receiver. Said they wanted to get Earl Thomas. Now, we'll see what happens with Earl Thomas. But secondary's playing much better. He went out and got Chris Bouchard, joined the coaching staff. You know, say what you want about Jerry, but when there's a deficit, you know, Sean Lee and the injury went out and got Van Esch. Offensive line folks drafted Connor Williams. Got Cameron uh, Fleming from the Patriots, although I don't know if he's played yet or not, but got him. You know, as general manager, people give him a hard time. Got to be honest, I think, I think it's the smoke screen. I don't think it's Jerry's fault. And I think Jason Garrett gets a lot more control than people know. And I think Stephen Jones lets Jason Garrett do a lot more than people know. I think I, you can't have it both ways and say that Jerry medals, Jerry medals, Jerry medals, and then when the team sucks, fire Jason Garrett. Well, if that's the case, then it won't matter. I could be the head coach. And it's not going to matter. But we've seen that it does matter. Under Jerry Jones, head coaching does matter. We saw Jimmy Johnson. We saw Bill Parcells. We saw Wade Phillips. We saw, you know, uh, uh, Dave Campo, Jan Gailey. So if it didn't matter, why did Bill Parcells go in and turn his team around after the team was terrible? Because And coaches do have more power and control than people think. Sometimes, guys, you have to do your own research. And instead of watching ESPN or Fox Sports or NFL Network, actually, with all the technology we have today, go into the Dallas-Fort Worth area and read local articles or whatever your team is. Go to the local sports writers in the area that are actually watching the team and talking to the team and doing local interviews. With the technology we have today, you can, actually give you, you can actually do your own research. You don't have to rely on ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or NFL Network or NBC Sports. You can do it yourself. Oh, but I saw it on Inside the NFL. Really? Because someone was a former player and has a source, doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Jerry Jones, I, I wish he wasn't quite so front and center, but I get it. But I don't I don't blame Jerry Jones. I, I blame Jason Garrett. It's your team, bro. You know, you're in eight you're eight seasons just so head coach. And um, to my knowledge, I think uh, one playoff victory under Jason Garrett. So it's time. It's been time. This is it. I came on to vent. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, Sunday night against Philly in Philly, everything says, and everyone's going to say that Philly's going to whoop Dallas. Everyone is going to say that, that although it's a division game, Dallas is reeling, Dallas is done, um, they, they lost the game, they could have and should have won, there's been too many games this season that they, they lost control of, and Philly is going to use this game to propel themselves to make another run to win the division and try to make another Super Bowl push. And maybe that is what happens. I have no prediction right now. All I can say it's a huge game for both teams, and if Dallas wants to stay in the race, they have to win. This is as much of a must-win game at this point of the season as there is in the NFL. There is no more must-win games than this on the schedule. There may be some that are just as much, but this right here, at three and five, eight games to go, and you go to three and six with seven to go. So the most you can count on is Ben win. If you sweep, which you're not going to do, you still got the Saints to play, and you got to play Philly again, although that's home, so that's a little bit better. I don't even know. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I won't even bother. I'm just going to focus in on Sunday night. This is a must-win game, and someone down there has to get mad. Now, maybe they are, and we just don't see it. Fine. It would be nice if we saw it, though. It would be nice if someone down there did an interview, don't, and don't give me the Cam Newton or Jalen Ramsey, you know, where you're obviously pissed off and don't want to say anything interview. I'm saying I want to see somebody get pissed Yeah, I'm going to say it. Piss the fuck off. That's what I want to see. I want to see that someone down there has a pulse. And if Jason Garrett isn't going to do it, then I don't know. But somebody down there, for us, for us fans that live this with you, we wait all year for this season the shortest sports season of any major sport, the least amount of games, and then this is what you give us. Well, at least let us know that you're just as pissed off as we are. And just do one soundbite that lets us know. Do you have to do that? No. But it would be nice. I'm going to assume that you are, and I want to see you show us this Sunday night. Nationally televised game again against the Super Bowl champs in their house. Dallas, it's time. This is it. This, this, to me, this game here is probably the most important game. I, I, I can't even tell you. Definitely in the Dak era, it's the most important game in his, in his career. Period. Not the playoff game against uh, – uh, oh, you know what? Garrett does have two, two playoff victories, I believe. I believe Romo got him one, and I think Garrett – oh, no, you know what? Wade was a head coach. So, no, Garrett only has that. I think Garrett only has one playoff victory against Detroit, beat Detroit, and then went to Green Bay and lost. So, I'm pretty sure Garrett as head coach only has one. Anyway, in the Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott era, this is the most important game, period. As Hulk Hogan would say, what you're going to do? And I don't want a moral victory. I don't want you to leave it all on the field and, you know, and hear the post game. We're proud of our effort. We did everything we could. We just lost to the better team. I'm tired of hearing that. I want you to go out for, for 60 football minutes and be the better team. You've got the tools. You've got the resources. You know this team. They know you. They're not playing the level that they were playing last year before Wentz went down. So it is a winnable game. So for crying out loud, I need somebody in Dallas to unleash holy hell and get out there and show us something Sunday night. Hey, guys, I'm out of here. Go vote. Democracy rules. Take care. We'll talk soon. Good night, everybody.